0: Economics as an academic pursuit holds human nature in pretty high regard. Economic theory is based around the idea that people always make rational economic decisions and act in a rational way to better their self-interest. We always buy the most competitive option, we always know what the best price is, we work in fields that deliver us the most fiscal prosperity, and we approach every decision through a fundamental analysis of best possible outcomes for ourselves. And even the most surface level objection to this idealistic view of economic participants will reveal that they are actually really dumb. Sorry to say it, but it's true. This episode of Economics Explained was made possible by our fans on Patreon. If you would like to gain early access to these videos before they are uploaded to YouTube as well as participate in exclusive live Q&A sessions, please consider supporting our channel on patreon.com economicsexplained economics explained. In this video, I want to look at the way economists think we make decisions, how we model this decision-making process, and then look at how these assumptions impact the projected economy in contrast to the economy that we have in reality. I would imagine most people watching this channel in some capacity have heard about Game Theory. It is the plot piece for movies like Beautiful Mind, it's even taught in a lot of high schools around the world as a discipline of economics. Now this theory is very useful for economics, and John Nash, the fellow who proposed this theory won the Nobel Peace Prize for Economics, but it is not a theory that applies exclusively to economics. The whole idea of game theory is that it applies to anything where a decision must be made between two parties, although if you want to credit the economic community for developing this idea then that's okay too. Going beyond this, there are two separate types of game theory for two different types of interaction. Competitive Game Theory, which analyzes how you should make decisions to win out over a competitor and Cooperative Game Theory, which is how you make decisions in relation to your friends. Now, Cooperative Game Theory is actually the more overlooked of the two, but it is definitely the most important for modern economics. But, it's also slightly more difficult to understand. So, we will save that one for a little bit later. For now, let's look at Competitive Game Theory. And of course, we have to explore The Prisoner's Dilemma If you have heard of game theory you have no doubt heard of Prisoner's Dilemma. And sorry if this is the 15th youtube video you have seen discussing this theory. I promise we're going to look at something a little bit different as it relates to this specific theory though. But for now, the theory goes that Two alleged criminals are arrested for a crime and put into two separate interrogation rooms. They are each given a choice. At the present time, they are facing one year in prison, but they can snitch out their partner and avoid going to prison altogether. If they do that, their partner will get 10 years in prison, but if they both snitch on each other, they will each get 5 years in prison. Of course, The best option for the overall benefit of the group is to stay silent and respect the criminal code. No snitching. But game theorists don't see it like that. They look at it from the lens of what decision will give you the most possible benefit, which means spending the least amount of time in prison. If your partner stays silent and you snitch, you get no years in prison. If your partner stays silent and you don't snitch, you get one year in prison. In this case, either way you are better off snitching. The same is true if your partner snitches. If you stay silent you are going to prison for 10 years, but if you also snitch, you are only going away for 5. Again, no matter what your partner chooses, you are better off snitching. And so the decision is made, you will snitch. The same is true for your would-be accomplice, and surprise surprise, you each end up spending five years in prison when you could have gotten away with just spending one. This is a really typical and probably overused example of how competitive entities can benefit from colluding. In this example, the entities were kept from colluding by concrete walls of their individual interrogation rooms, but in the real world, businesses are kept from colluding by anti-competitive trust laws. But this is where it all falls apart. A lot of economists will use this theory and call it competitive game theory and that's done. But the truth is, far from it. This is just one example of a possible beneficial outcome. Take the same example and apply a more realistic set of numbers to it. At the moment, Mr. Prisoner, we have no evidence for your case. So if you don't snitch, we probably can't put you in prison. But maybe we can put your partner away? If you don't snitch, uh, well, I guess you're also free to go. This is a much more likely scenario. And in this case, it's not really in your best interest to snitch because you have no incentive to and neither does your accomplice. The logical quadrant of each of your decisions is called the Nash Equilibrium, after John Nash, who first published this theory. And if you are ever looking at a competitive game theory, it is important to remember that the Nash Equilibrium is a variable. There is no guarantee that it will dictate to snitch or not to snitch, to raise or lower prices. It all depends on the scenario that you are presented with. It all depends on the prices and it all depends on the years in prison. Now how this all relates to business is normally in terms of pricing. The example is normally what competitive business should do with their prices on products. If they both leave them high, they will each make more profit. If they both lower them, they will each make less profit. But if only one of them lowers prices, the business that did will make much, much more money than the business with higher prices. Seems reasonable enough, but here's the thing. This whole theory revolves around companies selling identical products to well-informed consumers in markets with perfectly proactive consumer protection. The assumption is that these businesses can't collude because that is anti-competitive and illegal in most modern economies. But what about too much the other way? Companies can get in just as much trouble for pricing their products too competitively. Microsoft was in court for nearly a decade after it gave Internet Explorer away for free. The argument was that this was an attempt to put other internet browsing companies out of business so they would own the market entirely, which is just as anti-competitive as cooperating on the price. So this model kind of falls apart. The other thing is this, when was the last time you purchased anything, and I mean anything, where you sat down and assessed the price of all of the offerings in the market to truly find the cheapest, most competitive good. I know for me at least, it was probably never. The truth is, as long as a price is reasonable for most things, I will just buy whatever has the best features, is most convenient, or yeah, potentially whatever has the most prestige, which kind of breaks these game theory models or just makes them far too complex to really be called models anymore. For this reason, discussions over prisoner's dilemmas and competitive pricing matrices are unlikely to make it into a boardroom of pretty much any corporation. But what about if you are not competing with a second partner? What about if you're actually
1: working with them? Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you.
0: One place game theory is actually alive and well is in how to properly cooperate with other entities, which is a big departure from competitive game theory, which is basically just an idealistic instruction manual for bankrupting your competition. Cooperative game theory has become such a relevant part of our economy, primarily due to things like economic unions and trade deals. You see, things like the North American Free Trade Agreement, the Trans Pacific Partnership, the European Union, and even entities like OPEC, take a lot of negotiation to form. They involve world leaders from many countries that are all ultimately trying to increase the prosperity of their own country by operating collaboratively with their trade partners. The big takeaway from this is the breakdown of inputs to benefits. If a country imports more into a system, it should benefit more off it. Let's take the North American Free Trade Agreement. This is or well, was the trade agreement between the United States, Canada and Mexico. Now the economies of Mexico and Canada are nothing to be sniffed at but there is no getting around the fact that the United States is by far and away the largest participant in this kind of deal. It will contribute the most and it will expect the most in return. This is done by ultimately calculating how much an economy can contribute without a trade deal, how much it can contribute with a trade deal and then splitting the difference. I will leave a link in the video description for people that want to explore the actual mathematics behind calculating the net benefit of things like oil cartels or trade deals, but just be warned it can get a bit intense. The thing to really understand about this though is that it is actually used in the real world and we can see the result of it. Donald Trump has received a lot of criticism for his stance on things like free trade agreements, Most modern economists agree that free trade between well developed economies is normally beneficial for all participants, and for the most part, this is true. But Donald Trump has objected to a lot of trade deals, and even found himself in trade wars, which sounds terrible. But purely from the lens of cooperative game theory, it might actually make sense. Just because cooperative game theory has the word cooperative in it, does not mean that the participants are not looking out for themselves. And cooperative game theory is all about making sure what you put in is what you get out and nobody gets out more than they put in. Because the United States as an economy is so large and so valuable as a trade partner, Donald Trump is favouring bilateral trade agreements. Meaning trade agreements between just the USA and one other country over the more common multilateral trade agreements. The rational reason for this is that in a bilateral trade agreement, the USA will be contributing far more and will be able to demand far more as a result. Now, whether or not Mr. Trump is aware of his actions as they relate to advanced game theory mm, anyone's guess, in fairness, similar techniques are actually talked about in the art of the deal. So maybe. But regardless of speculation about the true motives of international trade negotiations, it is important to understand cooperative game theory even if it is only to stop your friends stiffing you on the cheque for dinner. Game theory is a fascinating study, especially in the capacity that it relates to the economics we see in the world around us today. Is it something that you are likely to ever have the opportunity to engage directly with in your professional career? Well. Yes, in the sense that I suppose every decision you make supposedly follows the fundamentals of game theory, but beyond that it is unlikely that you're going to be drawing up prisoner's dilemma in your next board meeting unfortunately. That doesn't mean though that it is not important to understand, and even if it's not actioned as some rigorous academic pursuit, the basic idea of understanding everybody is out for themselves is probably helpful, albeit a little terrifying. If you want to buck the trend of prisoner's dilemma and rational decision making, give me money on Patreon like these people did. Otherwise, a like and subscribe goes a long way as well. Beyond that, join our Q&A stream over on our Discord server or host it on our second channel. It's always a good time and interesting economic discussions are always appreciated. Thanks guys, bye.
1: The world is constantly changing and transforming.